Welcome to The Empathetic Man. My name is Sethi Hillier, and I'm joined with Namesh Gupta, and together we are going to help explore how you as a man can be more empathetic. Each week, we are going to dive into a topic that may relate to your relationship with your spouse, your kids, or just life in general. We are looking forward to your engagement and your feedback, so let us know through your comments what other questions we can tackle, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hey guys, it's Sethi and Damesh here, bringing you another episode. And this week, we're really excited to kind of broaden what we've been speaking about so far. So to date, we've been talking about how to be a more empathetic person in general. And we explored how to be both empathetic externally and how to be empathetic internally. But we wanted to broaden the, the topics that we speak about to kind of give you a little more color into what working males like ourselves who keep family as a very high priority and health as a very high priority are constantly thinking about and trying to improve upon. So one area that we really wanted to dive into was food and food consumption. And fortunately, Sethi is someone who has actually really spent a lot of time, in fact, the last several years, thinking about this very concept, about the types of food he eats, when he eats them. And what we thought this week we could do was kind of play more of an interview style where I would ask Sethi questions around the topic of food, and I'll tee it up. and I'll explain it a little more as we get into it, just so you can get an, a better idea of how folks like Sepi are thinking about food. Sepi, how does that sound? Yeah, it's perfect, man. I think, again, to me, it's like if we really want to be very empathetic or we really want to be more aware in the way that we live and relate with our spouse and family and friends and work, I feel like it all kind of starts with like how you fuel yourself because that's what's going to keep your, your game on point. So I, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, the right stuff that we put into our bodies is going to ultimately help us produce the best output. Awesome. Cool. So the way that I was kind of thinking about this and wanted to pick your brain was my goal as a father and as a husband primarily and as a business partner is to have the requisite energy that I need to perform duties as a father, as a husband, as a business partner, but also have the right temperament when performing those duties. And I would like to know kind of how you think about how food plays into that equation of providing you the right energy and the temperament to conduct your day-to-day. And I know that's a vague question, but I thought, that's my goal of, or that's something I'm, I'm very interested in, in learning more about. And I wanted to see if you could provide us as the audience a framework in how to think about that. Yeah, I think that's really important, especially having those two kind of questions around, again, energy and temperament. And so just, I guess, a little bit of history for me, I, I kind of been a traditional kind of eater following the standard American diet for as long as I can remember. And then about 
three and a half, four years ago, I decided to make some big changes to my, my diet and go kind of more fully plant-based and, and really kind of cut out all the animal food I was eating, all the dairy, uh, eggs, things like that. And so it was a substantial change, you know, not something that I think everyone should just do, you know, right then and there. But I think my personality kind of lends itself to just take like big, big risks and big jumps and just kind of dive all in. And the reason I did that is because I was kind of facing the same questions that you were having, which was, you know, how do I just keep myself more energetic? And also, how do I make sure in moments of especially kind of stress, whether that's work related, family related, kid related, how do I just keep my cool? And, you know, up until that point, you know, I was eating everything, right? Meat, chicken, fish, beef, you know, I try to kind of clean things up as I got a little older and start getting more active and try to eat maybe less red meat and more like chicken and turkey and things like that. Um, but I think I just kind of still, still felt like there was this kind of sluggishness or this type of um, experience that I would go through like every day where I would just kind of hit a wall. And then um, when I had, when our son turned two, I mean, those, that's the years when you really start to realize like, man, like these kids are going to take a lot out of you because they're running around. They're just full of energy. And I always knew that I wanted to be a really active dad, a really engaged father. And I wanted to make sure that like I could keep up. And we also were, you know, we're planning our third a second. And so we were kind of in the works and we knew that, you know, that was gonna, you know, that was just a few months away. So that was, I think, kind of the catalyst to make me start to think about these changes. And then from there, I just started to do a lot of research on, on food. And I mean, it's really interesting because sometimes it feels a little kind of common sense. Um, but you know, like they say, common sense isn't always so common. And you, you know, we have this situation where whenever we feel sick or not feeling well, we immediately like, you know, go to the doctor, we go to the pharmacist, we look for some medicine, we ingest this medicine, and then we hope it will ultimately fix things inside of us. And I think what was just kind of like the aha moment for me is like, well, I'm ingesting a ton of other stuff throughout the day, multiple times a day, like it's got to have a impact on what I'm doing, how I'm living, how I'm feeling. And I think through just a lot of just kind of, again, education through various sources, whether it's like podcasts, documentaries, um, my own kind of research, I just started feeling more like, look, if I can kind of remove some of the things that are maybe too processed or things that are just maybe, um, you know, that aren't like really kind of qualified as whole food, if I can kind of like focus more on those whole foods and those types of things, how will I feel? And it was truly an experiment because at the end of the day, like I, I don't want to like say that what works for me is going to work for everyone. But I, what I was trying to do was treat myself as this test bed, make a couple changes, see how I feel after like one, two, three weeks, and then, you know, course correct from there. So that was kind of the genesis because again, I was very much focused on the same two things. How do I keep my energy, you know, on point and how do I keep my cool, you know, cause you know, everyone like talks about like, you know, there's those famous Snickers commercials, right? Where the person gets all crazy and they start acting like a, you know, acting all rude. And then the guy's like, dude, chill, have a Snickers. And all of a sudden he calms down. Like I, I truly believe, you know, people get hangry and I was one of them. You know, I would definitely get like hangry because I was not eating enough or at the right time. And I would start to get snappy. 
The funny thing is, is ever since I made a lot of these changes, even if I don't eat for a while, I actually don't really get hangry. Um, and we can kind of go into that later, but I do know it had a huge impact on me. So I was all about trying to keep my energy up and keep my temperament cool because you know, you only get more challenged when you're dealing with uh, not just a startup like we are, but also with kids. So I'll stop right there just to kind of level set where my mindset was at. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I think sometimes it's this forcing function in your case, having the second. And in my case, um, I actually, I am having my second in a few months and it's coincidental how I'm starting to think about this the same time you did at any rate. So with that said, kind of just framing the conversation now in terms of energy and temperament, what, what are some kind of basics that one, I guess, would think that they know, but is not really true or something that they may just be not something they may be doing wrong that's affecting their ability to either have more energy and or have a very stable temperament. Yeah. And so it's interesting because I, you know, I used to kind of just say, Hey, you know what, if you read it and it's from like a credible source, like it must be, you know, it must be the source of truth. But now I think what I'm realizing more and more is man, like everything has some sort of influence, whether it's being funded by some company or that, like it's hard to know what's true and everyone's so good at spinning stuff. So again, like for me, what I have been trying to do and even what I suggest to other people is like, you have to feel this out, you know, like make those changes, feel how you are, you know, see if you're seeing the results that you like and then, you know, lean into things. And so that's kind of exactly what I did. Like, I mean, I watched a ton of, you know, like there's very famous documentaries that talk about just, you know, how um, important it is for you to be mindful of what you eat. Like there's, you know, on Netflix, what, what the health, there's forks over knives or food matters, like the list goes on and on. Uh, and I did watch these and they do kind of definitely paint a picture that makes it sound like, oh, you know, if you eat meat and all this kind of stuff, like it's super awful, not just for your body, but for the environment, for the animals. And, you know, obviously there's, you know, there's, there's truth in that, but I don't think it's important right now to focus on that. I think what's more important to focus on is, you know, what you start to see these and you start to see these situations where they have these people who are having, you know, really awful kind of health conditions, chronic health conditions. They've started to make some of these dietary changes and you start to really see like, wow, they're, they're making some huge gains. They're getting off their medication, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so for me, that was really interesting because I, I'm a huge kind of, you know, fan of just figuring out like what kind of tweaks can I make in my body and what are those outputs? And so that was kind of the way I approached it. And again, what I started to do initially was saying, okay, well, you know, I'm already pretty active. You know, I know you and I at the time, uh, we were doing, I think a lot of different things like soul cycle and Barry's boot camp and stuff like that. So I didn't have any issues with like, Oh, am I just like too sedentary? I was more about like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working out, but my nutrition definitely, you know, could, you know, use some help. And I think that's a really common thing for a lot of people. Like they're good at the gym and then they come back to their home and then all of a sudden it's like tough to kind of stay on track. So then what I did is I just kind of looked at, well, what do I normally eat in a day? You know, and again, I'm kind of eating everything and what are some things that I could cut? Um, and, and specifically some of the things that I started with were, was definitely dairy because 
I was drinking a lot of milk, you know, having it through various different sources, especially a lot of protein because I felt like, oh, you know what, I'm working out. I need my protein. I, an easy way for me to get is a protein shake. So I would kind of have a lot of these things. So I thought, let me just cut out the dairy. And that meant, you know, cheese, which isn't easy and butter and, you know, even whey protein and, and kind of start there. And then um, I kind of quickly decided to even cut out like the meat as well and, and some of the other aspects. And then I just kind of saw like, well, how am I feeling? Like, how am I feeling after a week, two weeks? And it was pretty amazing. Like within two weeks, I would say, you could, I was starting to feel like the difference. I was starting to see, I was starting to feel more energetic, more alert. I wasn't getting sluggish. The number one thing that I remember I would feel, especially when I would just eat anything, is I would always feel like that food coma. Come two, three o'clock, I would always feel just tired. Like I just, you know, had a big meal or whatever. And I, my, the rest of my day was kind of, impacted making these kind of changes to food i started to notice that i I wasn't having that that experience as as much uh and then all of a sudden it was as if it just went away so i I don't know how specific you want to get into but i'll stop right there yeah no that's interesting i mean one thing that i just picked up there is just kind of dairy consumption and cutting that out and or reducing it can have an immediate effect immediate effect on kind of your day-to-day. I think one one thing that would be helpful is, and I know this is a broad topic, so um, I guess people listening kind of just bear with us, but I think the challenge, so you kind of pointed out you were active at the time you made this change, and I currently, for, for example, am very active, but my eating habits are just not that great. And Again, having now my second, I'm motivated to at least investigate what it is I'm eating as to then be able to improve my energy and my temperament. And one thing you suggested was essentially cutting out dairy. I guess to back up even more, could you speak to kind of food consumption in the sense of timing So I think there's a lot of different kind of thoughts out there. And it's interesting because I know there's no, everyone's body is different, or I feel like everyone's body is different and different diets or different eating cadences can, can affect different, different people in different ways. But can you kind of just break down how you think about when to eat? Yeah. And that is so interesting too, because that, in my opinion, is a huge topic as well. So again, like I think a lot of us eat the way we eat because it just happened. And it's because of how we were kind of trained, right? Like our parents kind of ate a certain way, then we ate a certain way and we kind of followed the system. And as a result, it's as if we don't even eat when we're hungry. It's kind of like we just eat because, oh, it's morning or, oh, it's lunchtime, or it's dinner time, or it's when I normally do this. And that was actually something to me that I was also, you know, I would do that as well. I would follow that kind of formula. And I, I don't know, I just, again, through a lot of my, my own research, and then through a lot of just other experiments that I was finding that that doesn't really have to be that way. You know, like, we don't need to eat on this kind of schedule. We really should just be eating when we're hungry. And even the word hunger is, I think, so interesting because, especially living in America, like, we don't 
even understand the concept of hunger because there's just so much food, but you know, a lot of other countries do. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to me because I would always start to wonder like, am I really hungry or am I just kind of, you know, out of habit reaching for something because it's the time or whatnot. And so what I was also exploring was this was when to eat. And what I was trying to do was just be mindful of like, okay, I'm not going to eat when I'm necessarily, you know, kind of being told to, I'm just going to eat when I feel like I'm hungry. And I'm going to make sure that when I eat, I'm going to eat these other types of sources of food because I want to try to also keep my diet a little bit more cleaner. And that combination was probably like, you know, the perfect one, two punch to really kind of get my system back on track. Um, because, you know, again, like I didn't need to eat all the time. I just needed to eat when I was necessarily hungry. And I found that actually I wasn't really hungry that often. I mean, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was hitting certain like macro and micronutrients because I do think sometimes when people make big dietary changes, they forget about just the fundamentals and then that's when they can get themselves in trouble. And you know, like there's things that you still need to make sure you get, like you need to get the essential vitamins. Like one of the biggest things for people who go plant-based is vitamin B12 because it's something that is a bacteria organism that is in the ground that you don't normally get. But what ends up happening is, is like animals that graze on the ground, they'll eat it, they'll ingest it. And then when you eat them, you get it. And so just small things like that, you start to realize, like, okay, well, I can't like just be completely um, uh, negligent. I need to make sure I get those things that I'm missing. But at the same time, like I want to make sure I'm eating when I'm hungry as opposed to just eating when I want. And it's funny be like the word breakfast, you know, the word kind of derived from the word break fast, which means like most people will normally be eat, having some sort of fast. And then you have that breakfast, that first meal to break the fast, but it doesn't mean it has to happen at like 8am or 9am. Like you can have it at 10 or 12 or whenever. It's more important about what it is, not when it happens. Interesting. So I think what I got from there is a couple things. One is there's this kind of tendency on our end to just think that we need to eat when a certain time arises. For example, you wake up, it's breakfast, so you eat something. It's lunch, it's dinner. And that's how you've been trained to think as you've grown up. And those are the times that you eat when in fact you may not even be hungry. And to the second point, to try to challenge what hunger actually means. Because our understanding of hunger may be distorted in the sense where because we think that we need to eat at a certain time, we think that we're hungry. And as you are kind of talking about this, do I'm, I'm starting to think, do I eat when I'm hungry or do I naturally think I'm hungry when a certain time approaches, right? So like 12 o'clock is approaching or one o'clock, it's technically when I eat lunch and is then hunger just a consequence or a natural, yeah, you know, a natural following of, of that particular time period. So I think what I, what I got from there is, again, understanding when, like, when are certain patterns that we think we need to eat and are we actually hungry to challenge what we think hunger is? Yeah, and again, I mean, it's not anyone's fault. It's just behavioral changes, right? We've been geared, and, you know, we kind of just follow 
that pattern because it's been like ingrained in us. And I even think like at a biological level, it's like you, you start to kind of maybe even salivate at those times of the day because your body's like, Oh, yep. I know it's this time. Like I'm going to go ahead and do that thing. The thing that I found was really interesting as I did more research was, and especially when it comes down to like, um, not just like the energy thing, right? The temperament, like, well, especially when you are super active and you're exercising like we do, like you're constantly like breaking down like the fibers in your body. You're constantly like, you know, kind of tearing up the muscles, things like that. So what you're doing is you're causing a lot of inflammation in your body and your body needs to like resolve that. That's why like, you know, hardcore athletes, when they have serious workouts, they do, you know, they sit in ice baths or they do that cryo cryo thing where they like stand in that machine and it like cools you down for like three minutes because what you're trying to do is you're trying to cool your body down. Well, what's funny is there's certain foods that are inflammatory. And so it's just like logical. Like why would you eat an inflammatory food after doing something? Cause you're just going to like stroke the fire. And so that's when I started realizing like, well, ways to pr- reduce inflammation is yeah, there's certain foods that are anti-inflammatory. Like everyone knows like, or a lot of people know that berries are like the most anti-inflammatory fruit. So having, you know, blueberries, raspberries, cherries, stuff like that, like that's a great snack to have after a workout because it starts to cool down your body or even just allowing your body to not eat and let it do its thing is good because your body cannot do two things at a time. It can't process food and reduce inflammation at the same time. Like it has to do one or the other. That's why like everyone always talks about the importance of sleep because when you sleep, it's like, cool, I don't need to do anything now. Let me fix everything that's been broken. But if you're not getting enough sleep or you're eating so much food right before you go to bed, your body's like, shoot, I can't even fix it because I have to digest all this food for the next four or five hours. So it's, it becomes really interesting as you kind of break it down. But yeah, fundamentally, it's about you know, reducing inflammation because inflammation is going to like kill your energy levels. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. Well, look, I think I know this is a pretty dense subject and I'm glad that we kind of got the conversation started around it. If you could kind of on a final note, leave me and the audience one or two kind of action items that if we are in this state where we want to step back and start investigating how, what it is we eat and the effects of what we eat on our energy and temperament. What are a few actionable steps that we can take in the short term to, to get that ball rolling, if you will? Yeah. Um, so many, so many things I think to kind of boil it down. I mean, I think it's good to educate yourself and I think through various forms you can do that whether it's um you know looking at some of these more common documentaries that kind of go into this subject and a lot of them are all available now even like on youtube for free um so and and maybe we can kind of try to figure out the ones that come top of my head are like again what the health uh forks over knives cowspiracy food matters um there's another one i think that's free on youtube called fasting Uh, and so all these movies and documentaries I think are really good at kind of just helping you understand how food can impact your body. Now, in terms of the action on what you do next, 
I, I get it. Like this stuff isn't easy because I know what it's like to be uh, a meat eater and I know what it's like to kind of live a life eating food a certain way. It's actually a very emotional thing. So it's very hard for me to expect anyone to just make changes. That being said, I do think there's ways to kind of ease into it. I think, again, if you are looking to make some specific dietary changes, I would probably say, you know, if you can cut anything out or at least reduce, I would definitely say dairy. Um, and then if you are going to maybe even start with meat, maybe if you don't want to cut out meat, maybe you can just start to say, hey, you know, one day a week or, or maybe like one meal a week, I'm going to have a completely like plant-based meal, right? And you have great options now. I mean, now if you really want a burger and you don't want to eat a, a, a beef burger, you can have, you know, Beyond, Beyond Burgers or Impossible Burgers, like all that stuff is available. I think that's another actionable thing is just starting one day, one meal at a time and seeing how you feel. And then the other thing that you could also do is really start to look at how often you eat. I'll leave you with one other study I thought was really interesting. So I, um, there was a study that they did where they looked at people who have like heart disease and things like that um, in like now, like in our recent years versus back in, you know, the 50s, 60s. And they were like, well, what is different? It's not like we have new foods that they don't have those years. Like, you I mean, Hostess cupcakes and Twinkies, all that stuff with ice cream, that was all around in the 50s. Why is it that we see we have more health problems now than we did before? And basically it came down to like, well, back in the you know, 50s, 60s, the way people were fed was very kind of clockwork. It was like, you wake up, you know, mom typically would make a big breakfast, you know, eggs, bacon, all that kind of stuff, pancakes. You'd go to school, you know, you'd be packed some big lunch, you'd eat your lunch, you'd come home, and typically you'd probably eat your dinner with a family around like five or six. And then that was it, those three meals. And it was typically maybe starting at 8 a.m. to five. So you're eating somewhere in that, you know, 13, 14 hour window. Now, you know, we're kind of being told different things, like, especially if you're active, you're being told like, oh, you got to eat six, seven meals a day, every two to three hours. Well, what's different now versus then is how many more snacks we have. We have so many more snacks that we use to fill up the time. So between an 8 a.m. to maybe like a 10 p.m. like day, people are eating every other hour. And so you are not just in in, you know, filling up your body with tons of more calories, but you're giving your body no break and you're not giving your body a long enough break to let it do its thing. So that would be the second action is maybe consider shortening that window. Don't change your food. You can eat the same things, but maybe trying to do it in a shorter window so you can give your body more downtime to let it process and, you know, kind of clean out the rest. Cool. Those are really good actions. And I think the three high level themes that i kind of gleaned from that were one just educating yourself and starting with a few of the references that you had identified there number two kind of reducing so reducing one thing whether it's dairy whether it's something else and taking kind of one portion out and seeing its effect and number three starting to track and tracking in the sense of tracking what it is that you eat when you eat and as a result, then maybe being able to either take one whole meal out or at least really challenge when you are eating and when you are actually hungry. So those are very, very helpful for me. And 
you know, just wanted to remind the audience, you know, myself and or Sethi, we're not experts in this. Although Sethi has been studying this for the last, you know, three years, everyone should do their homework. But the cool thing about this is a lot of folks, I think, have very similar questions to what I have now and what Sethi had two years ago. And it's kind of cool to see on Sethi's end, someone who has kind of developed a passion to research this more, implement it, and now seeing the fruits of that labor. So I hope this is something that we kind of come back to at some point and further vet out because I know Sethi, you you now are vegan and there are a lot of more things that I know you'd like to, you could share and the audience would benefit from. But I hope that everyone was able to get a high level overview of kind of things to think about if you do want to kind of investigate eating, eating more healthier from the standpoint of, of developing more energy and a more balanced temperament so that they can then start in some way down that path. I don't know if you wanted to add some final words. Up here. No, I think that's perfect. And again, I think at the end of the day, like you said, there is no magic formula that fits everybody. I think what's really good is these are things that you can start to do at a slow pace that makes sense to you. Um, but what's cool is again, you can start to see the results within one, two, three weeks. So then you can start to see, is it working for you? And like any habit, if your body, if your brain doesn't feel that kind of positive reward, it's very hard to continue it. So don't try to boil the ocean and do like 10 things. Take maybe one or two of the things that we talked about today, try to implement them, you know, starting next week. And, you know, again, like we would love to get feedback on what's working for you because our ultimate goal, as we said, was we think if you can fuel yourself right, you will have not just more energy, not just more, um, a better and more calm temperament, but I think you'll also be more empathetic and more just mindful in your, your relationships going forward. Awesome. Cool. So on that note, um, we'll just stop it here and looking forward to, to doing the next one. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed The Empathetic Man. Our goal is to help you on your journey to become more empathetic and ultimately become the best version of yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to share it with your family, your friends, your network, anyone who you think is looking to become more empathetic. They can be a man, woman, it doesn't matter. The goal here is to help the world be more empathetic one step at a time. Now, we would also love your feedback. If you can, give us your feedback on the Apple iTunes. You can give us your comments as well as you can rate this podcast. That way we can get more viewers and more people thinking about how they can become more empathetic. Thank you again so much and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.